creation story, day one done on to day two. Yeah. So, then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And that's in ASB. Okay. As it's quoted. Now, the, the translation they're reading is going to be different. Yeah. I'm yeah, gonna... because of the word expanse. That's why I have it highlighted. Expanse. Sometimes gonna... it's firmament. Sometimes it's... Yeah, so in this, um, I guess, more Hebrew context of this Sefer one, it says, And Elohim said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And Elohim made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And Elohim called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. The stretch Little, zone. I call it the, the firmament is here's <laughs> here's my definition. Rakia, the stretch zone. We're stretch in the stretch zone. zone. We're <laughs> so when he separates them, we're in the middle. We're in the we're in between. Yeah. The in between. Yeah. That's like a sci-fi thing, right? Yeah. In the in between. <laughs> uh so I mean you also have here some different uh translations of this. So the complete Jewish Bible says, God said. Let there be a dome in the middle of the water. Let it divide the water from the water. And then um, the Torah manual translation, that's Jeff Benner's. He's really, really good. He does a lot of ancient Hebraic yeah. stuff. I've never then, seen that. Oh, you never have? Mm -mm. His stuff's really good. This goes through all five books? No, just go, his portions of different things. So this is Benner's commentary on the Torah. But okay. here's how he, he puts it. Um, in the manual translation that he does, because he what he wants to do is instead of using like when you're reading Hebrew, some of the same Hebrew words get translated into different things. Right, yeah. So he wants to try and use as close to the same word translated all throughout throughout scripture. Yeah, and to use in day two expanse means this, but yeah, so he looked at he looked at it in his word study, and Elohim said, "A sheet will exist in the midst of the waters, and he existed, making a separation between waters to waters." So we have expanse, firmament, dome, and sheet. Yep, all from one Hebrew and word. And stretch zone. Don't forget mine. <laughs> <laughs> right, stretch zone. That's a AK. There's my commentary. <laughs> and that's all just from the Hebrew word rakia. Yeah. Okay, so what I get drawn to on that is the sheet. Only because the only other place yeah. that I remember like a sheet being described is uh, Peter's vision. Is yeah. that a similar sheet? Yeah, or the chupa, I think is what it's called. You know, the, the covering mm -hmm. over a marriage couple? Yeah. That. Yeah. That's so Peter's kind of vision. Like, or that's what this is referring to. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, where it's kind of using the same And I wanted to pictures. look up more of like what what hebrew word was used in acts when they're talking about peter's vision and the sheet coming down or was it yeah. the word rakia and they translated that one to sheet but in this one they well you'd have to, to take the or... greek translate it back into hebrew and then <laughs> translate it back into english yeah so it's hard to like we don't know exactly for sure but yeah that's you know i wonder you yeah. know you wonder about that stuff yeah it's interesting that sheet is what stood out to you right yeah i mean the dome yeah. i think of uh, like the classic, like there's the ice and it melt, melted and fell and that's what yeah. flooded the earth, which yeah, I've come well, through better study for, rather than preschool. Didn't John Walton say something about that too? The yeah. Dome. Like, yeah. Uh, because it's like a, a, like an a solid piece of something that's holding up something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Walton does a good job of explaining it in terms of function. Mm -hmm. um and rabbi foreman his video was awesome going through like he formed light and then created darkness when we're talking about day one right but to form would be to take things that already existed and uh -huh. but nothing you know but nothing existed from nothing so uh you see that similarity within the dome like something's holding up something and that's where walton gets into well that something holding up something is what we call like physics and atmosphere and the study of weather and yeah. and cosmology and you know um, gra gravity's pull but we float when we get away from you know there's this atmospheric layer that keeps us grounded but also can pull us away 
And I can see that's where, where dome, you know, comes in. Yeah. Expanse is the separation. I definitely yeah. see when you hear expanse, it's like. Well, these people didn't have like science the way we have science. So he explained it in words that they, and that we can also. We're, we're uh, from. like Moses and them when they did this, were they flat earthers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. So from what they could see, that was the end of whatever. Period. Right. But do they think. Oh, we're because they would to think as a flat earther, you'd have to think there's space and an end of something. Well, they wouldn't have had a concept their of space. World, their, their earth and the sea was to mm. the west. And we're going to get into that uh, a little further. You would have thought just forever was water. If yeah. you hit the water, that's the end. Right. Man, don't. And that's probably part of why they got in boats and. Let's see where this actual end is. Yeah. And oh my gosh, we hit land. We must have come back around some point. Yeah. Who else did that? Was that Columbus? Mm -hmm. Was that somebody? Else? Yeah. So the word expanse or dome in Hebrew is rakia. What do you prefer when you read that? Like what really speaks to you when you're, when you're talking about the, the firmament or expanse? Um, the expanse. The and stretch. the reason <laughs> is because of the Strong's uh, definition is a firmament, but in its proper form, um, an expanse or a visible arch of the sky, which is where they get dome and all the other stuff for. So the analogy to expand and in quotes by hammering. So you're looking at like, so these are more concrete thinkers, not, mm -hmm. not like ethereal, you know, like if we hear grace. Cause we're like talking about thing. a very ethereal right, right. now. We're this saying, is Oh, very, did it mean more concrete sheet? language it meant sheet. Is it? Cause it's fluid, like a loose sheet, you know? Yeah. We're diving into these, but they would have had one of these that they meant. I mean, so you guys are cute by having fun with these other words, but what we meant was yeah. this as well, an it was archway. way more concrete. That's why Jeff Benner kind of looks at it from that angle, very concrete. And well, so every time we read like the word love or grace or something like that, that's not concrete words. So he puts it in terms of what ancient Near Eastern people would see it as a very yeah. concrete piece of something. That's why they saw it like the firmament as something holding up something else because that was something solid. It was holding very, up the heavens. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. So, but I thought it was interesting um, as an, anal an analogical way to expand by hammering, like as if you were going to overlay, to overlay mm -hmm. with thin sheets of metal. And very, very specific rakia is an overlay of thin sheets of metal, beat, uh, to make broad, to spread abroad, which is why I call it the stretch zone. Mm. Fourth, fourth over or out or into plates to stamp or to stretch, which is so. Why I like it. So when we're talking about this firmament or this expanse being made, mm -hmm. and it's a stretch, it's a stamping out. Yeah. Is right. this also where we see the stamping out of a menorah from a centerpiece? Yeah, a beaten from one. Yeah. Piece of gold. Yeah. See, all of these are word pictures that are very concrete terms. That's what he's speaking in very concreteness, not mm. not like the, you know, this means that kind of thing. They're very concrete thinkers. Is there, is there, um, you know, when you look at the lampstand and you have it raised up and it's above the base, a reason why, you know, it's not just stamped to the side and up. You think there's a reason for that expanse between the base of a menorah and where the stems actually start to come out? I'm sure there probably is. That would be a question for Halissa. That'd be a great so question. So, Halissa, you're watching. <laughs> Can I phone a friend? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because I see that and I think beaten out, but we know that the menorah is beaten from one piece of gold. You yeah. Know, so is that a firmament space between there and is there beaten out. teaching within that? Well, what, what caught my eye was hammered out like sheets of metal, the way it mm -hmm. would be to overlay something the same way the, the Ark of the Covenant was overlaid with yeah. a sheet of yes. gold. It was so beaten it's, out it's a creation story within the building the of the ark. Thing. Yeah, every piece that was in the temple means like all the stuff. Well, and that's not like hard to find commentary on YouTube, Google, yeah. anything that, hey, this really boring part <laughs> when they're describing building the 
you know, the tabernacle and everything. Yeah. I know it's easy to want to skip through it, but let's talk about what it means. And there, right? everybody can Same really thing with hit. the sacrifices and all of that. It yeah. all means like so much. And we're just like scratching. It's always that. like, it always goes back to creation. We're seeing the garden being recreated. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Um, so what is God telling us about himself? Yeah. At the very beginning, which is why I was telling you about the Bill Cloud thing. Cause he kind of brings all that in, yeah. you know, to all of that. Very to stretch cool. and be. Yeah. Hmm. So to overlay to stretch like a piece of metal where it would overlay something. I think what happens in day two is a lot of us read day two and we either read firmament. We've always heard firmament, firmament, mm -hmm. but we don't actually know what that means because that thinking of firmament and an idea of that, that hammering, that separating, that stretching, mm -hmm. uh, kind of changes what, what's happening there. It's not just necessarily, Oh, he took the waters and put half of it up here, half of it down here, you know, separating the waters from the waters we have to kind of go back to genesis one and understand that uh you know good or you know evil raw whatever everything was there together formless of void yeah we're assuming because he Come hovered over, over the over the waters yeah. that that formless void was a blob of water or some type of waters that existed of two things yeah and then we split them and then as we continue we get into the the Mayim and Shamayim. Shamayim. Yeah. And so now we have a name for each of those waters, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you ready to go down that road? Yeah, in just a minute. Or do though, you want to? Okay. Because I'm still hanging out on the expanse. Okay. Only because Brown Driver Big. When you look it up in the in the like the number for that, I think he gives me BBB's number. I can't even remember, but I was reading okay. down that whole list. And at the very end, it says, you know, from beaten out of or construct or firmament or expanse, a base support. And at the very end, it says supports a throne, hmm. which is interesting because it goes back to the Ark of the Covenant. The mercy because, seat. yeah, it supports the throne. It's like the firmament, the expanse, the beaten out portion that covers the acacia wood supporting the throne. So the expanse is like the throne. The expanse was supporting the throne. Uh, the waters. And that's where you can see heaven. that the firmament might be holding up. Yeah, something. something. Yeah, if you were looking at it in concrete terms like that. Hmm. I just thought that was an interesting and it just came to my mind. I don't know for look, I'm not a theologian and I not, sure you, you are. What? You are not. I'm just thinking very interesting that all of those pieces have so much depth of meaning all from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. The vault, like a vault. Hmm. So the Easton dictionary, it was regarded as a solid body supportive or solidity supported the upper reservoir was a supporter of the heavenly bodies, sun, moon, and stars, and is spoken of as having windows and doors. Genesis 7, 11, Isaiah 24, 18, and Malachi 3, 10, where rain and snow came through, mm. windows and doors. So all of those things are all like word pictures of that he's, he's telling you. Hmm. Now we're ready. Verse 7. <laughs> Did I just open up a no, can of worms? No, it's just it's it's just so it's like there's so much. Yeah, then all of a sudden your brain just or this is how my brain just goes and it's like all these pieces of scripture start like falling into place. You know? Yeah, oh, I mean, if you hadn't that. read all the other scripture, you probably wouldn't necessarily immediately go to all those. Yeah, because right? we read this verse and we just kind of glaze over it. Yeah, because we've read the back half of the book. So we right. Go, oh, yeah, so we think, just... oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah. But there's so much more involved. Yeah. Than I would have assumed. Yeah, because I just, I don't immediately think of like the windows and doors and a place where the rain and snow came through other than mm -hmm. when you look at well, Walton's idea of the firmament being an atmospheric thing. The reason why is Jeff Benner would say like a, a, the Bedouin tribe, which is kind of how where this very nomadic tribes yeah. their tent was made out of goat hair so when they were inside the tent and they looked up there's like these tiny little you know openings that look like stars so it's like when they describe the firmament they're picturing this solid piece that opened up that had windows you know that where the yeah. stuff came through 
So and when this, it got wet, it just it sealed up because the the hair. Right. You know, got. <laughs> well, and I think this is where it gets some criticism because people think. Yeah. Well, that's because that's how they look at it. So they were they were perceiving God and and creation as yeah. this you know this skin and you could see you know stars through it so they're thinking that the world looks like that and so they didn't know there was globes or you know the yeah. earth and different planets and yeah. i think that discredits it because of the science part of it Well, the, because the, in our mind we're thinking we're reading this as if we're a 21st century you know yeah. western american but this isn't what it was written not to a 21st century mm-hmm. you know american yeah. It was written to ancient Near Eastern tribal people. Which makes me think, what was the purpose of describing the stretch, the expanse that separated the waters? Because yeah. it's more than just... So the... there's a purpose to it. Yeah. Yes. There's function to it. So every time God says, and, I, and he called it good, or what he named it, seas, he gave it purpose. That's what John Walton was saying. Mm. You know, everything yeah. was labeled purpose you have a purpose his whole idea is not a description of science his whole idea is just description of yes. your purpose well so many people take genesis one as a science right. thing right and that's right. not what it, if you and do you that could, you're going to be lost you could go down that road too but look at it yeah. honestly exactly with what the words actually meant you better need to be a scientist i would call Schroeder, Schroeder, yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, do you want the science of Genesis? I'll go to the nuclear physicist who's yeah. read, you know, Hebrew yeah. and knows exactly what he's talking about. That's usually what I send people. I'm like, do you want the science of Genesis 1? Go to the go to astrophysicist that can explain exactly. time and space expansion to you. And yeah. You'll, you won't be able to keep up. You have to re-listen to it multiple times and then right. still be lost. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I read Genesis 1 way too fast my entire life. I did I too. Read it, and I <laughs> Which just, is why it's taken us, what, three hours to get to, what, I know. verse number six? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, so we're, so we're in, we're, we've seen that there's an expanse, the firmament uh, separated the waters from the waters. Yeah. So verse number seven, God made the expanse and separated Yabdel, I think is how you say it. Yabdel, the waters, Mayim, which were below the expanse from the waters, which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, Shamayim. Shamayim. That's the NASB version. So Benner says, and Elohim made the sheet, and he made a separation between the waters, which are below for a sheet, and the waters, which are above for a sheet. Hmm. Which is interesting how he puts it for a sheet and not like how someone else translated it as yeah above the one sheet and below the one sheet. For a sheet and the waters which are mm-hmm. above for a sheet. And he existed so that uh, the all right, there's a lot to unpack. So let's start with your, <laughs> your first word because I'm going to jump ahead to waters, but let's start okay. with separated. Well, Maim, yeah. So let's do Maim because we'll do separated. Uh, well, yeah, you can do separated. I don't know if you wanted to. I don't know that I typed that in, but I do have my app called Hebrew Bible app. <laughs> so what did you want to pack first? Separated? Yeah, let's go through separated just so we can follow along with. Um, let's just follow along with how it's written so we don't hop back and forth. Yeah. Let the water separate from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven. To divide, to separate. To divide, separate, sever, as in to cut. Also another like word picture that you'll hear later on in covenant. To make a distinction, a difference, to divide into parts, separate oneself, to withdraw from, to be separated, to be excluded, to be set apart. Also another set of words that you're going to run into later. Mm. And you have this note here that you're mentioning that this is the only time in creation that it was not declared good. Day two. Mm -hmm. I didn't put that in my notes, but I... Um, because this is something we were talking about the other day was, 
um, we have the separation of the waters, things were good, or, mm -hmm. you know, but then there's division after that. And this is something that sets, a, sets day two apart as something that's, you know, not declared good. Doesn't mean it's declared bad, mm -hmm. but um, every other day of creation is, and it was good. Yeah? Yeah. So what's significant about it not being declared yeah, good? Yeah, because today? light and dark was separated. And it was good? Mm-hmm. Okay. They won, right? So why wouldn't separation, if separation of light and dark was good, but separation of well, waters wasn't? So here's what I found. Is it because it's, it's separation of him from us? I, I don't know. I think it has something to do with the definition of the waters, the waters and the waters, the okay. Mayim and the Shamaim from the heavens. So Mayim, which was the first waters in that particular sentence, um, is actually a noun spelled and it's waters or waters. But there's another somebody, I don't know who it was that I, maybe it was Bill Cloud who said something about the the Hebrew letters in that particular word. Yeah. Anyway, mm. so I can't even go there, but this like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost like over my head. Shamay for an unused root meaning to be lofty or the sky. Shamayim, that would be the Mayim and the Shamayim. So waters below and waters above. And also waters above is also defined as heavens. Which Halissa uh, covers uh, that it possibly means more heavens and not waters plural because people talk well mayim would be plural for heavens because mm -hmm. of the eam but she said mayot is actually the plurality of waters um and that's why we know that's why we look at mayim as heavens, heavens. not mm -hmm. waters because they would have used mayot if they were talking about the plurality of waters but then that uh shemaim is taking the sheen and the mayim together which yeah. is the hebrew uh, letter that looks like a W or like yeah. flames or teeth, you know, it's in, which is within bear sheets. So we talked about it last time and it kind of looks like a spiky W mm -hmm. and gnawing, crushing. It's also God's like handprint. Oh, cool. Kind like of a little bear paw. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of like in a, a way, in a way, because they look at the letter sheen as a representation of God. Hmm. That's why you see those on the, the doorposts, the, they like they'll use that letter sheen on mm. there. Oh, and I think on the little box that they the have. Mezuzah yeah. The mezuzah. Um, yeah. What I found interesting was she's talking about the shemaim being the fire, and that because of that sheen resembling fire within the waters, you have fire water. Yes. And so you have the fire water above, which is upheld by the firmament, the expanse, the stretch mm -hmm. zone, right? Yep. And so the fire water is like mercy seat type of position right and then you have the waters the mayim which is what god then judged us with through the story of noah mm -hmm. but then made the promise i won't do that again did it by a domed rainbow um but then when we get to revelation she mentions that we've seen this before through sodom and gomorrah that mm -hmm. fire brimstone hail yeah and so we know if that's coming from above, this is this fire water, but we've also mentioned that uh, with that expanse, what it's holding up is, you know, this, this idea of the, the, where the rain and the snow came through. Yeah. And so we know that. So fire and water can exist simultaneously the in the heavens, but cannot exist simultaneously here. Which is like, that's not physically possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just God's not bound to physics. That's yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. But it made me think more beyond just, oh, well, Sodom and Gomorrah will be a, a glimpse of what judgment is to come within Revelation. Yeah. But we see the Shemaim bringing the finger of God down through Exodus, don't we? I mean, don't we see the pillar of smoke and fire? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would read this and think as I got to that, like, oh, well, because everybody's like, this is crazy. They're following this pillar of smoke right. and fire. What would that look like? Well, if you had this perception that, well, fire, water is above us, man. Smoke, fire, rain, hail, you know, all mm. this stuff is above us. Where do you think it's coming from? Yeah. You know, this fire would have come from the top down, not from a, a fire made on the ground up. Right. Which probably would be even crazier to see. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Because I think Wasn't we... 
Wasn't that what walked through the cut pieces for the covenant? I don't know. When he knocked Abraham out, or when he was sleeping, I guess he didn't knock him out. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I'm not. Yeah, I think it was like a two, two things, like the smoke and the fire, the cloud and the fire walked through the pieces. That was the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant. Was maybe another Shemaim. Yeah. And then I was thinking, I didn't have time to go through this because I was just thinking from listening to her stuff that yeah. there's probably multiple times we see this fire, water, shemaim, sheen, uh, you know, God's action through fire throughout scripture because we know, okay, well, there's there's creation, because which we're, we're reading right now. cleansed through fire and water, right? So we have to go through the same process like good gold would go through that, mm-hmm. you know, the... That type process, same process. So I wonder where throughout Scripture you could probably trace the amount of times fire is spoken of in a mm-hmm. in a God. Yeah, well, I'm sure you could um, type it in to one of those search engines. Yeah, if you had some fancy budget and <laughs> software. All the times in the yeah. world. No, actually, you can do Blue Letter Bible or something that free. Really? And you can type in fire, and it'll like list all the verses all the times that it that pops was. Up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because even with you know like. Uh, Daniel and you get into so many people where there's right. fire and there's but weren't consumed or right, like yeah. how Moses looked at the bush and the burning bush yes, the fire like, but not consumed yeah and I don't know we I think we associate fire with hell yeah you know fire well, is a, a bad thing because it hurt it burns it hurts we like the idea of water being life um, and life giving and life transforming and cleansing unless it's drowning you yeah. See, you see yeah. water in well, scripture that's where that does the, that too. You got the fire water in the water, and yeah. he's done what he needed to with water. So we don't, we're not scared of that, right? Because he said he wouldn't do that again. Yeah. He's a man of his word, right? But this yeah. is said it's going to come. But we still use it to cleanse. It's what mikvah is all about, right? Right. Yeah. Which we don't really use this day and age. And is that just because of a post Jesus thing? No, I think it's more of like a evangelical post Reformation thing. Mm. Okay. And for those who don't know, a mikvah is? A baptism. Okay. Is that how you would describe it? You know, if I had to pick one word, that would be, you know, that. Yeah. But it's a cleansing process, just like... They would have done it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. To be ritually so that you are saying to the world what this, you know, is, basically. Mm. Well, that gets into a whole theology debate of, well, can you sin after you're saved? And if you do, is it immediately, is that debt paid for? Because evangelistic idea of sin is this debt you're carrying. If you look at it linearly, yes, I'm sure yes. that's how it would be a tough question yeah. to answer. See, I always get myself God's that God's not really linear, is he? We don't think about the cycle of, of our day, our, of our weeks, our life, mm-hmm. our seasons and years and the groups of years and I think sometimes we look back in hindsight and we see how God has worked with us in, in phases, but we still look at it as phases and not cycles mm-hmm. that we're still coming back around. Once and just we're as, done with that phase, we're done. No. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just exactly like Old Testament uh, people where, yeah. oh, God saved them and they love him, they worship him, but then things get a little too good and then I start to party and idolize yeah. and then God, you know, now I've turned from God and now I need to repent. Yeah. And he says, and it keeps going. It's like, wow, how many times do we do that ourselves? But there's this idea that, but I stopped that cycle once I've been saved, which is a theological debate of whether that's true or not, because, you know, can a, a saved person sin? But like you said, well, that's looking at it as like you lived your life, you stopped, and now you died and you're reborn. Now this new thing. But I think that can be very harmful to people to be taught that way. Yeah. Because then you don't have any grace for yourself to know like, hey, you're going to continue to do this. But the goal is every time you do it, every time you go through it, you're going to continue to get better and turn mm-hmm. towards God more often. It's like every time you go through the feasts or the, the cycles. Isn't that how they cleanse gold? Take it back cycles. through the fire. You know, let the impurities come up. You scoop the impurities scoop off. Scoop it you off. Do. Scoop it some more. I got a lot of scooping. I do too. I I don't think there's any place to put stuff they've scooped off. (laughs) Well, I feel like I got us a little off off 
track here, but we're talking about God made the expanse and separated the waters, the waters being the Mayim and the Shemaim. Yeah. The Mayim being uh, waters, but okay. the Shemaim being fire waters through that sheen. Heaven. Yeah. And we see the expanse as the what's holding up the Shemaim, the, the mercy seat, the heavens, mm -hmm. heavens being fire water. Not exactly what you normally think of. It's supposed to be fluffy, fluffy uh, clouds, clouds. the gates yeah. made of fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, where would we lead to this uh, next in this? Well, and it God was... called the expanse heaven, um, meaning He gave it purpose. Mm -hmm. And there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. Right. Yep. It's kind of our last little sentence of this day. Mm -hmm. So you have quite a bit of notes on this. Yeah. Well, and then God said, well, verse 9. Okay. Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. This would be starting into the third day. Third day. Mm -hmm. So day two is really about separation. Yeah. And you talk about this with the menorah being day one, uh, being about uh, dark and light. The, the formation of light mm -hmm. and creation of darkness. Because we all have dark and light. We all have Jacob and Esau. You know, our flesh and spirit. Who's going to rule? That's really the, the mm -hmm. question. What's going to rule your life? Well, and Foreman puts it in a way, Rabbi Foreman puts it in a way that when we read that uh, light was created and or was formed and darkness was created and that peace was formed and evil was created mm -hmm. but that evil and peace aren't exactly opposites and we might think like oh light and dark peace and evil uh but that's not exactly what's happening what you actually break that down to read is more uh through the utilization of darkness we're able to form light which means through the utilization of evil we're able to form peace that to have the peace to have the light it takes involvement of the darkness of the evil the raw mm -hmm. and he that's when he jumps to isaiah's writing in isaiah 45 that i created evil you know and you think whoa what i Wait, thought satan was what? the creator of evil yeah. um and this is something like when you my kids are fortunate to kind of get this from me as i'm learning it and i come up with my own questions that i'll ask them what they think yeah because uh, they're learning it in a very new way as if somebody else was just learning this. Yeah, you know? and they don't have a whole bunch of stuff to, they don't, have to yeah. filter. Yeah. They don't. They have some cartoons and stuff they remember from mm -hmm. school, but they don't know how to put it all together. And so they come up with really interesting questions too. And they immediately think, well, God created everything, so he would have created Satan too. So why doesn't you know God just make Satan be a good guy? And I, you know, I just said, that's a great question. And I think a lot of people have asked, like, why hasn't God just defeated Satan? It should be so easy, mm -hmm. shouldn't it? And they just said, well, I guess if there wasn't any bad, you wouldn't know what was good. And I just, I, I thought, man, that's exactly, you're right. And that's that, this idea that because darkness was created, mm -hmm. he's able to form light. Because of the creation of evil, he's able to form peace. That no, it's a really cool way of putting it. Schroeder puts it this way. Okay. He was like, um, he said, how does, if you are the light and you are the peace, how do you form darkness? How do you form, if that's what you are in our little minds, how does that happen? And something, I think it, it dawned on him that um, he hides his face. It's like if you are the light and you hide your face, mm -hmm. so you with you with contract basically. It's a contraction mm -hmm. to allow the darkness to be or to come like about. Like it's an absence of the light. Yeah. That yeah. that well is that saying that then evil is the absence of peace? Evil is the absence of light or the goodness. The absence of goodness. Well, and that would be where I could see that being supported through Scripture when you think mm -hmm. God's doing bad things to people. Uh, and just recently I kind of was thinking of this with the Torah portion over the snakes. 
Like, why would God snake send on a snake? Stick? Why would God send snakes to just go bite these yeah, people? Right. Like, that's a super douche move. Like, yeah. why would he do that? And what we miss is that he didn't send snakes to go bite them. What he did was withdraw his protection. Mm -hmm. They were in an environment where that kind of stuff existed. Mm -hmm. And when he withdraws his protection, it's different. And that's different. That's a different way to read that. Yeah. And thinking like, oh, God will do bad things to you. Right. Rather than drawing back, right? Mm -hmm. Pulling away, pulling that light away to expose darkness. Uh, you know, evil is already there. It's, but as he pulls basically back. basically a Romans 1 move. He just allows you to have what you keep wanting to, you know, head towards. Yeah. Like if you, all right, if you want it, here you go. <laughs> See how far you get. Yeah. Sounds more like a parent than it would be. Yeah. Like go ahead. You know, I, this. You're going to learn the hard way. <laughs> well, and they had yeah. been complaining a long time in Exodus at this point, you know, mm -hmm. for when you were even mentioning uh, this portion, this week's portion being over, you know, God telling Moses, like, I just can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Like yeah. I can't listen to you anymore. I need a moment. Enough with you. Yeah, enough with you. Wow. Yeah. So oh separation. So we 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 got stuck on day one. Light, dark, peace, evil, pulling away. Mm -hmm. God's protection pulling away. Day Not one. God it's about separating you. light from darkness. Day two, separating waters and waters. Waters and waters. Mm -hmm. But day two is not necessarily good. And we were talking about this as mm -hmm. something that we're going through in our cycles. Like we're doing all this. We're mm -hmm. being uh, one split into two, reunited into one. Mm -hmm. Multiple parts of our lives all yeah. the time. It's like a pattern. That's that's what Halissa would say is part of the pattern. Part one of the pattern. to two to one. What are some of the biggest, you think, uh, moments in somebody's life that this is happening? That's big, obvious ones. What about the separation or mm -hmm. about the? I think what stands out to me is definitely uh, birth. Mm -hmm. You are technically one within your mother and mm -hmm. you're divided into two. Right. And you're not made one again until you are rejoined with somebody. Mm -hmm. And that is a continual cycle if you continue to have children is this one to two to one yeah. to two to one to two. Because it's all about producing fruit. Which is why everything is always looking forward to day three. Day three, yeah. The gathering, the, to become one, you know, yeah. again. And day three is going to be fun to talk about because oh, yeah. the, the plants and all that is one thing, but then fruit-bearing trees is pushed out. Purpose and fruit-bearing creation. And seeds. And seeds. And yeah. trees, if you, there's a book called Reforesting Faith. It's by a medical doctor. And it's really good. It's not like deep theology. It's a good you know, audio book or whatever, because mm -hmm. he's not trying to uh, fill your head with Hebrew <laughs> scripture, scholarly <laughs> research or anything. But he talks about how um, how much trees are used and plants and all this stuff are used throughout scripture, but how trees truly are, especially the fruit bearing kind, um, a symbol to us of what resurrected life is and that the importance of the seed and the importance of, of death and resurrection, that you can take a seed that's been petrified whatever like they, they find them thousands of years old and they can still massage this thing to has sprout all the information in it has, yeah everything and he's just talking about just how important it is for us to do that and how we've kind of always grasped that and cultures have always have this similar creation story mm -hmm. but what has always happened is they worship the tree not the creator of the tree they make totem poles rather than worshiping god for mm -hmm. this incredible symbol of you know, what we are to him, you know, this, this everlasting life, which should just take away a conversation off the table of reincarnation, right? Yeah. You would think. <laughs> um, I, Kale asked me about reincarnation and I just, I couldn't relate it back to, I said, I know there's mystic stuff of yeah. uh, it within Judaism, even that, you know, I can see how, uh, they don't immediately see reincarnation as like a negative thing. Well, if you don't have an eye for redemption and you don't read redemption, then what do you have left? You gotta, you gotta find something. We're just gonna come back. Right. Right. That's so how you I kind of felt like. I said I just kind of feel like sense. it misses right. uh, salvation, the point of salvation and resurrection. Redemption. Yeah, resurrection. Resurrection mm -hmm. and is talked about from the beginning. That's not just a new concept with right. Jesus. 
if we learn these kind of things, if we break down Genesis 1 in a detailed way like this, it seems like a lot. It seems like we're taking one chapter. But it's your foundation. It's a foundation that it's it. like, man, this is your filter. Mm-hmm. This is like you're panning for gold the rest of the time. Yeah. And this is your pan, you know? Yeah. And if well, you do and a that, lot of these terms get defined defined as you read. So the further you read out and these same terms are being used, you'll see this like progressive, you know. Well, and if we can ideas. do this, we can speak to it better, right? Yeah. We can uh, do the whole apologetics things of you should be prepared to answer somebody who has a question type of deal, right? Um, but it, it's, it's hard from where we're at in 2020 going backwards because we've been taught a lot of things that this should mean. We, we read Genesis 1, 1 through, geez, what is it, 1 through 10, 1 through 8, as God created light and dark. He hovered over the waters, separated light and dark, separated the waters, he called it the firmament. I don't know what that was, but this was the second day. So we just see separation of waters and we kind of move on from there rather than what story are they telling? Because a lot of people, when they do scholarly work on this, find that Genesis 1 is really the foundation of teaching you how to read the rest of scriptures. Mm-hmm. And for at that time, that would have been Torah. And then, it sets the pattern. Yeah. So why is every every little thing should mean... A great deal of something at least through Torah for sure yeah you know and Torah was what they had so they had these books that okay Genesis 1 is going to teach you to read that well after that you have prophetical writings and mm-hmm. and all that, that came um, which only reinforced what Torah was saying they're constantly pushing people back to Torah and reteaching Torah and these mm-hmm. cycles and cycles but then gospel really is just fulfillment of Torah so you have to know what Torah is to know what it's being fulfilled as so Really, the gospel, any one of the four books you read, should walk you through All Torah. And you're like, All of the apostles this knew is... the Torah. All of them. And Jesus knew it. Well, it would, it would line up with the mm-hmm. five books of the Torah perfectly. Like, you'd be like, oh, man, like, there's no doubt. When you read what these people are saying this guy did, well, then after that, you get into Paul's letters, mm-hmm. uh, which is just like you know, the Old Testament prophetical stuff of like, well, you need to repent. And you, you see the same theme happening again. We've just decided mm-hmm. to split them. But the reality is you go from Torah to gospel to revelation, and it all can be filtered and made a lot of sense if you understand how to read Genesis 1. If you understand the depth of Genesis 1, and it's not very long. I mean, it sounds like mm-hmm. it's long the way you and I are going through it. Yeah. But... When you and I don't think everybody needs to word study every word within the entire Bible, but no. I think when you when you break down what did the, what does this actually mean? Because I've always but just now read. I want to know. I want to know what that means because by the time you get to Revelation, it makes so much more sense. Now, but haven't that, we been taught Revelation backwards? Right. Which and we totally like I think messed up. We're trying to shove Revelation into what you know we were told it was supposed to mean. When if you just knew everything from the beginning, if we had read the Torah mm-hmm. and studied the Torah, you know, the way that they had always studied it. Yeah. Revelation makes so much more sense, which is the whole yeah. point of the creation gospel, which is why Halissa did all that. It's like he he told us the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's. We knew it was going to happen with Torah, from really from here, Genesis 1. From Genesis 1, yeah. Um, and anytime you see like almost bad things happening, like like the flood is kind of like a reverse creation, wound back up, mm-hmm. recreated, right? You see, you can read all sorts of cool stuff about um, Noah and the what's happening as it's starting to flood is matching like the reverse of the seven days of creation and like the land appears and the birds and you know it, it follows it again all of those meanings um, and stuff for all of those word pictures basically are columnar and i think what happens is right now somebody listening to this like say somebody who comes to our bible study who's slowly kind of like oh my gosh like i didn't realize there was so much depth to a lot of this you listen to this and you're like oh man i don't know how to study scripture like that i don't I don't know how to take eight verses and turn it into a four-hour discussion, you know? <laughs> and I think part of it is like, well, not everybody's called to that. Yeah. But when you 
when you make it important and you take your time to not necessarily word search the entire scripture, but to break down Genesis 1 and read the books, read the commentaries, dive into all of it, it will unlock the rest of scripture for you. Because when you sit down and you have these conversations with, with other believers, like mind, like kind people, right? you start to see like oh well why'd you identify with sheet and why'd you yeah why'd you like dome like what spoke to you about dome and you start to really get a personal relationship with just genesis mm -hmm. genesis one and you'll start to see how man everything comes back to this like the seven spirits of god the seven churches the seven feasts each line up with each of these days and you know then mm -hmm. what about jesus's miracles how come there was or how come there were seven IMs? Do those line like you'll naturally start to kind of be like start putting the seven things together. seals? Like is each seal related to something, and and mm -hmm. each trump, you know, the number of trumpet blows, and you'll naturally start to go back, and you immediately won't know what it means. You'll just have that reaction of like, oh, I bet that means something, and that can be really a way into scripture to study it and make mm -hmm. it something that really starts to transform your life, uh, because it did for me, and it yeah. started ours and. Uh, what was it, Mark? We were just studying the Gospel of Mark yeah. as a group, and some, you know, token Jewish lady showed up. And, <laughs> like, we're just thinking we're just going to study the Gospel. And you're bringing all these, like, oh, well, you know, the cool thing about this word or this idea of the corner of his cloth was that, mm -hmm. you know, this corner was a representation of this. And so for her to go and know to touch that means she would have had the idea of what it meant mm -hmm. and this is where you know don't cut corners and that kind of stuff we're just like what we just thought she yeah. came up and touched him and it was his superpowers that he knew somebody touched him that's all we ever thought yeah um and that it was her faith in believing that touch just even touching his cloth yeah. would heal her not that what she knew in order to touch the corner of his cloth is what mm -hmm. saved her just what ruth did right she gathered the corners because she was a Moabite. She was not part of, you know. See, here you now go. When you, See, you here you go. go. I'm like, all this stuff just like, boom, you know, oh, and that, boom. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it just starts to all these, work together. It's these little pieces. And then when you can find the right teachers behind it, you know, uh, Keisha Gallagher and Alyssa Allwine. Mm -hmm. You know anything? Bill Cloud, Bill Brad Cloud, Scott, Brad, yeah, Matthew Vanderell. Yeah, I mean, is awesome. All these. There's so many people. There's for women. There's definitely women leaders that do really good justice of teaching to women in a way that's like empowering, not like a, a feminist empowerment yeah. thing, but like realize that maybe you've been pushed down by uh, theology in the past. That there's a bit of a masculinity to it, not understanding. Mm -hmm. Uh, the role and place of a woman in a good in a good sense and how much responsibility God actually has put on you how much femaleness is just as much a reflection of God as the maleness exactly it's really yes. like, what wait yes yeah and you know I listen to a lot of Matthew Vanderell's probably just because of the age and mm -hmm. you know he has a really good way of he's on YouTube presenting and I can watch that yeah. while the kids are running around you know yeah and so I think we, we cling to people at certain phases of life even that teach in certain ways and uh, can relate to us like that. And I know a BEMA podcast, B-E-M-A, as one Kira's mentioned, that because it's something she can play on her little Google Home thing while she's working, cleaning mm -hmm. in the house and all that, it's been, un they started at Genesis and they're just working through it. And it's just unlocking scripture because she's just listening. She didn't have to mm -hmm. stop and go, Oh, I need to look up the word expanse. I need to look up yeah. the word separated. Well, she just I just listened. hope that what we do really whets people's appetites to just want to like, that they're hungry to know the Lord in the deepest way possible. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, you may not want to look up Shama'im <laughs> and what that means, but now that you know, like an idea of that, well, then when you're reading something else, Mm -hmm. Does that go back to that? Does it does it attach to this? Is that part of like this story? Is that yeah. what makes it a bigger picture? I just want people to be hungry. I think a lot of people are. They don't either realize it or mm -hmm. they are and they think that's going to cause me to be separated from my group or where I've been. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to leave that because there's nothing they did wrong. And that's okay. There's nothing they did wrong. But God may be separating you for a time mm -hmm. to enlighten you or 
to gather you. He may create that expanse for a reason. He may Mm -hmm. do that stretch for a reason. And he may bring you back to those people. Because you've been stretched, you have way more to offer them. And, uh, you know, that's, it's a difficult part. You know, day two doesn't end fluffy. You know, because you have this division and we see separation. So we know when we see twos, we have separation. We think about mom and child being separated. And that's that's hard for them because they immediately want to cling back together. Probably forever, right? <laughs> you know, there's this desire to still be together. And then, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't take the idea of separating anything else as a good thing necessarily. You know, sometimes what I think of is the Three Stooges when it says separate two eggs and he just pushes the two eggs apart yeah. when he's trying to make a cake. <laughs> That's not what that means. It means cracking the egg, right? Yeah. Sometimes separating is cracking. Yeah. And, you know, stretching. To be broken. You mean stamped, part of the brokenness. Stamped out. Yeah. Beaten, you know? And, but from that comes possibly seven branches of a menorah, you know, to be beaten out of that mm-hmm. expanse. So let's reread this real quick and just see if as we read through basically one through... If we just get a little different understanding as people hear it. Okay, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heaven was formless and void, tohuvavohu, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse, the firmament, and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven, the firmament heaven, and there was evening and there was morning a second day. How many times we've read that and never thought about fire, water, stretch being beaten uh the necessity of darkness to form light the necessity of evil to form peace all within eight verses of genesis one well that's all i have for today what would you like any closing statements your honor no i think we pretty much covered what we could cover two days i mean <laughs> yeah absolutely i, I think down if, to do this and i was like okay we're gonna get through the end of this chapter this time nope we're yeah. not gonna, <laughs> well not and it's just getting... when you use halissa stuff the creation gospel stuff there's just mm-hmm. so much to unpack each day it is um and i, I usually tag all of her stuff every time i post the video or a clip or anything yeah. so her and her links website are in there. Yeah. yeah get the get the study guides if you want to like go through it with a group she's got groups that you can zoom in on it's really yeah. it's fantastic yeah and i mean if people are listening to this and they already follow our stuff i share a lot of her things anyways mm-hmm. over tour portions and yeah her studies and things and um if you read them it's going to be a way you've never read scripture before um, that is in the context of who it's being spoken to and why but it will speak to you more in your own context when you do that um, you actually relate to it in a really loving way and not a divisive way because ultimately the goal is to be Gathered. two back to one. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, yeah, you guys have questions, compliments. I'm always open to those. Just let us know. Otherwise, we'll be back next time. Yep.